well, if you were like me yesterday, being Christmas and all, uh, you woke up a little earlier than most Saturdays. A, I woke up to uh, the tune of my children uh, bouncing on the bed singing, Who Let the Dogs Out? Uh, I, I, I still have that running in my head, and uh, uh, we had a fabulous morning. I hope you did as well. Uh, it was a ton of fun watching my children and uh, all of us, actually, uh, my spouse and myself, uh, open presents. Um, Christmas is a, is, is a wonderful morning. Uh, it's, it's a morning where uh, you get together with family, maybe friends, uh, and, and you open gifts, right? That's a big part of it anyway. And it got me thinking about, because this is what I do, uh, what makes a good gift, right? What, what is it that makes for a good gift? And uh, I think at least one answer is that the gift itself, uh, well, it has to meet the desire of the one receiving the gift. I, I have a, a person in my life who likes to give gifts that they would like to receive, which doesn't always work out well, uh, but uh, you, know, you should be giving gifts that the person themselves, that they want to uh, receive, right? That, that meets some desire that they have. And so uh, think about it, you know, I, what, what you got yesterday. Was there something that, that particularly stuck out to you as a good gift that you thought, oh, this, this hit the sweet spot? For me, it was two. Uh, one, my daughter gave me a book that she wrote, and it met two things, two desires of my heart. One, books. <laughs> two, two things that my children make and do, right? Uh, my wife got me uh, an arrow garden. Do you know what these are? Yes, I, it was an ooh across... Uh, it was, or it is, uh, it's like a garden that you sit in your kitchen or somewhere in your house uh, that lights up all year long and you can grow herbs uh, all year long or tomatoes or uh, lettuce or, you know, whatever you want. And, and that hit my desire for growing things. I love to grow things. And uh, in the winter months like we're in, I can't really grow things, uh, but now I can. And so it made me particularly happy, right? Was there something in your heart yesterday that, that got met? Was there a desire? Was it a good Christmas for you? There was the year I got the fish tank. <laughs> you might remember. I didn't want the fish tank, which is why it made for a not-so-good gift that year. Uh, you might have wanted a fish tank, in which, ta- in which case a fish tank is a good gift. And so, really, uh, this is to not bring up whatever, but uh, it is to say that a fish tank can be a good gift, right? And anything, actually, can be a good gift if it, uh, if, if it is given to the right person who has some sort of desire for this thing, for this gift. Now, I, I want to talk this morning about two Two kinds of gifts, and, and kind of scale up a little bit. Two kinds of gifts this morning. I want to talk about the world as we know it as a gift. And I want to talk about a world that remains yet to be seen. 
as a gift. I think both require a set of desires that certainly change the way we see it and the way we see life. The world as we know it. I saw a video a couple years ago now uh, of a Christmas morning. It, it's a, it was a joke video, but it, it, I thought it was particularly uh, moving. Uh, it was uh, a, a husband and a wife wake up on Christmas morning, and everything in their house is wrapped up, including their own children, and they, they unwrap their kids, and, and they're filled with joy uh, at oh my goodness, we've got kids, and they, they unwrap you know, the things on their countertops, and oh my goodness, we have a coffee maker, and we have this, and, and, and they realize in this moment that all of life is a gift, right? Everything we have, we have so much, we've been given so much, and these are just the physical things, right? Think about all the other things that we're given in this life. I, I believe Christmas morning uh, gives us an opportunity to do this kind of thing, to, to reflect on what we already have, the goodness of life, the, the good gifts that have been given us in life, the grace, if you will, if we just simply slow down a little bit to see it. I do think this kind of seeing the world and a way of seeing the world has an effect on our desires. And if we think about the good things that we have and, and the things that have endured over time, it, it changes the things that we really do want in this life and what we want out of this life. There's a poem uh, by a gentleman that I, that I love because he too likes growing things. His name is Wendell Berry. Uh, he lives in Kentucky. And uh, there's a poem uh, called The Peace of wild things, and uh, I think he gets at some of the, the, the good gifts that are of this world. And it goes like this. I'll read it for you. It's relatively short. It says, When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake in the night, at least the sound in the fear of what I, my life and my children's lives may be, I go and I lie down where the wood drake rests in his beauty on the water and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water and I feel above me the day blind stars waiting with their light for a time I rest in the grace of the world, and I am free. There is a grace of the world. Wendell Berry is, is right. The world has gifts to offer because it is the very creation and beauty of God. It is grace. It is gift. And even it can offer a freedom from much of life's worries. And just like he says in that opening line, when despair for the world grows in me, that's how the poem begins, a despair, no doubt, brought on by what we sometimes call the world, the fallen world in its hectic pace, its pressures and its problems, 
when despair for the world grows in me, the poet says he goes out and he sits in the beauty of the world, the things that endure, and he finds freedom there. And he's reminded that not all is pressure and not all is problem and that much of the world is as it should be, that there is good and that there is beauty in this world. And to find this, as he says, is grace. This is gift. And I don't want to underestimate this gift. It's real. And I actually think that some Christians tend to underestimate the gifts of this world. The gift of the world is a tremendous thing. And if we can see them as gifts, they can indeed change our desires as well. And they can remind us of the good things in life, the things that we should be chasing after. And they can shape the desires toward the one who created all that is good. Sometimes, sometimes, the good things, the true things, the beautiful things of this world, they help pierce the veil that stands between the world as we know it and a world that is yet to be seen. I think what Anna and what Simeon, they experience on that day recorded in Luke chapter 2, what they get to experience is actually an opening of that curtain, perhaps a, a, a piercing of the veil, maybe even a tearing of the veil. And they get to peer into this other world that I want to talk about this morning. A world that is, is yet to be seen. Sometimes we, uh, we think in terms of uh, the world that is yet to come. And that's partly what I want to talk about. But I also want to talk about the spiritual realm that exists in the here and the now. A world that we don't get to see. But just because we don't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There is a world that is yet to be seen by human eyes, and it too offers gifts, gifts on a daily basis. And I think Anna and Simeon on that day, they pierced the veil and they got to see that gift. Our gospel reading this morning from Luke chapter 2 was the conclusion of last week's reading. And the account chronicles the events of Jesus' first trip to Jerusalem at just eight days old. There's no doubt that there were many people who met Jesus along the way on that journey to Jerusalem. Old women pinching the cheeks of baby Jesus. Young women thinking, I wish I had a child of my own. Old men grumbling at the crying of a baby. And many people just giving no thought at all to the fact that the Savior of the world just walked by. 
But these two, Simeon and Anna, they got to see something. And they did see something that others just simply could not see that morning. They were given the ability to see rightly. And through the power of the Holy Spirit within them, Anna and Simeon saw not just a baby, but they saw the Savior of a world, of the world. We must ask, what was different? How did that happen? How could they see what no one else could see? Well, we're told that Simeon was waiting for this moment his entire life. He was told by God at some point that he would see the Savior and was therefore looking for him. His sensitivities toward the possibility of a Savior were cultivated and they were ready. And his desires for that Savior had been growing in him over the course of a lifetime And when the moment came, he was one of just a few who was able to see Jesus for who he was. His desires for the things of God were primed. And he saw through the form of the baby into the mysteries of heaven. Likewise, Anna, 84 years old prophetess, filled with the Holy Spirit, spent most of her days fasting and praying in the temple courts, and she too had been training her mind and her heart, preparing herself for the moment when the Savior would enter the world, and this lifetime of preparation paid off when Jesus, at just eight days old, entered the temple. And Luke says, at that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. So why? Why could they see Jesus for who he was when else could? Why were they able to get this gift when everyone else thought, Maybe it was just a fish tank. (laughs) If Jesus is the Christmas gift we're all waiting for, Anna and Simeon had prepared their hearts and their minds for receiving this gift. Simply put, they wanted it. They desired this gift. And they had cultivated this desire over the course of their lives. If we go back to what makes a good gift a good gift, it's in large part our own desires. And Anna and Simeon, they had the desires of God. They desired the gift that was and is Jesus. They were looking steadfastly for the Savior of the world. And their hearts were tuned differently from everyone around them. Their desires were sanctified. They were made holy. They were living in step with the Holy Spirit. And when Jesus entered the temple, they knew. They knew who he was. 
They knew he was there when no one else did. Their hearts, simply put, desired this gift. The question put to us this morning is, would we have seen? Have our desires been sanctified? What is it that we desire this morning? One of my favorite authors, Jamie Smith, he says that we are what we love. I think I've said this before. We are what we love. You've probably heard before, you are what you eat. Not sure what that means. Uh, You've probably heard, I think, therefore I am. But what he says is that you are what you love. Which is another way of simply saying what Jesus said. Where your heart is, there's your treasure, right? Where your heart is, there is your treasure. What is it you desire? What is it you love in this life? Because God is offering grace, a gift, every second of every day through the person of Jesus. Does your heart desire that grace? The grace offered there is freedom. Freedom from guilt. Freedom from shame. The gift offered there is the love of the Father. The gift offered there is joy unspeakable. The gift that is offered there is a peace that is passing all understanding. Is this a gift that you desire? Let us pray this morning. Jesus, you are the gift that we seek. God, you are the giver of all good things. And Lord, this world that you have created, full of truth and beauty and goodness, we know that it's also full of all these other things too. But sometimes the goodness of this world helps us pierce that veil so that we can see just fleetingly what's on the other side. The goodness the true goodness that you offer, the truth that you offer, and the beauty that awaits us. God, through your Son, Jesus Christ, we find a grace and a gift that is unspeakable. I pray this morning that each and every one of us embrace that. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. And we'll sing one final song.